I guess I, I I got this idea. So we there was an episode with uh, Christopher Lloyd and Jack Black. Let's come up with puns for what that episode title should have been. Like I'll go first. You could call it "Hack to the Future." Back to the Mandalorian. <laughs> about taxi in in Star Wars. How about this is not the greatest episode ever. This is just a tribute. Uh, I How about- agree. School of Rock in Star Wars. You guys are terrible at this. Oh, man. I, well, you put me on the spot. <laughs> I gave you some you could have used. Hey, I think, you think I could remember all those? You told me I'm like right when I got in. Okay? That's true. Cut me some slack. This is just where I excel. Dad jokes. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to TV Guys. The show that if we had a nickel for every time Moff Gideon showed up at the second to last episode of the season, only be defeated in the final season, we'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's pretty weird that it's happened twice. I'm Matt. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jeff. (laughs) And that was was the longest one-liner joke I think we've had on this show. Way to go. (laughs) Took a while to get there, but we got there. Applause. And we have our third six-time guest here, uh, six-time Emmy-nominated Jeff Tharp. He is back and super excited to have Jeff on this show because whenever we talk about Star Wars, it's like we have to have the biggest Star Wars fan I know. Well, correction. Actually, Jeff's only the second six-timer, I believe. I believe it's only him and Paul. Uh, I think Terrence is at five. So Jeff is now our second most frequent guest. Wow. Nice. So if you've got a four-letter name, you're going to get to six, Mark. That's how it goes. Um, Hey, real quick, before we get into this, I wanted to – like, I want to get here right away. I'm super excited for this because you just made a post about someone who's in season three and a project you're working on with R4D5. And so I loved seeing that (laughs) droid back and he got a little bit of redemption here, but you had your other plans for a redemption arc for R4D5. Can you share about that real quick? I'm I'm not going to share the, everything that happens, but it, this, the story goes that, um, I, uh, well, okay, I'll explain really quick. There's a Kenner action figure of R5-D4 in the 90s, and he split open, and he fired this missile, and he had all these, like, guns on him. And even as a kid, I thought it was ridiculous. And I was participating in, it was it was leading up to Rogue One, so this is 2016. There was a short film contest, and you had to represent, you had to show their merchandise in it. And while I was looking at all my action figures, I saw r 5 and I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I've always thought it was ridiculous. And then a light bulb went off. And uh, and then I thought of this short. So the final shot in my short film is the idea I had. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. I will tell you that in A New Hope, originally <laughs> it's going to be C-3PO and R5-D4 bought by Uncle Ben. And then R5-D4's motivator blows. And Luke famously says this R2 unit has a bad motivator. And then they buy R2-D2 instead. So my short film picks up after the Jawas, take R5, put him back in the sand collar, and drive away. And that's where my movie begins. Nice. So. And what when you get it done, will you post it on a, a spot to be able to see it? Or is that just going to be like, yeah, that's my, that's my own thing? Oh, no, I'll absolutely, I'll absolutely uh, post it. Right. I've been working on it off and on for like six years now, so... Uh, and there's a lot of people over the years that have lent their voice talent, a lot of people over the years that have just been interested in it. And I just want to show it for everybody. It's stop motion animation for those who don't know. Uh, and thanks for not correcting me because apparently I was, was I saying R4D5 and it's R5D4? I have no idea. I didn't catch it. <laughs> I think I was. So you love, so you love Star Wars and stop motion animation. So basically you're the real life Ben Wyatt. I am. I am. And we actually, my wife and I have dubbed it Claymash whenever I work now. Because uh, that's what he says uh, shorthand. He's like, my Claymash. I compared it to Avatar. <laughs> and five seconds of footage. That took me two weeks. Yeah. It takes a long time, man. I worked a shot over the weekend, eight hours for one shot. Yeah. Not Jeez. every shot will take that long. This one was especially difficult. And the problem with it that made it even more heartbreaking, no one will know how difficult it was. It's not oh, yeah. one of those shots where you're like, wow, but it took me eight hours to do. 
it, it's kind of well, like I, uh, it's kind of like on Pixar when they're working on Finding Nemo and John Lasseter would like have these artists that would just be doing the background like uh, kelp and stuff that you wouldn't pay any attention to. And he's like, right. if anyone is noticing what you're doing, you're not doing your job. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Sorry. Exactly. What were you gonna say, yeah. Brian? Oh, so yeah. This weekend, um, I managed to throw a bucket of water on an 11 year old boy and that only took me like two seconds to do so you know know, i gotta say as far as feats that's quite the feat brian yeah if i I may be so bold if if you're noticing some issues with brian's audio he's just been unfortunately uh the internet went out and he's on his phone and it's not the best quality but he put on sunglasses since we've started and i think that's his attempt to make this work perfectly he is styling and profiling well, now I'm more mobile because I'm not sitting at sitting at my normal recording spot. So like I can go and I can distract you guys from talking about the Mandalorian. <laughs> I want one of us to get like a, on a long diatribe here and for you just to be in the background doing windmill kicks or something like that. <laughs> well, let's get into Mandalorian because, you know, as much as we are great, I think people are here to hear us talk about a great show. I really love the Mandalorian series first season was not bad but second season and third season are just they're straight up bangers for me and I love both of them yeah I'm getting this feeling Brian you're not agreeing is that correct well are you getting that feeling because I I told you beforehand (laughs) you kind of over it a little bit no I was using the force (laughs) no I mean okay it's a good show I'm definitely not as into it as both of you are this season especially it's just like okay I was going to summarize some of my issues with it. They're like, you know, Din Djarin, you took your helmet off. You have to be banished unless you go bathe in magic water. Then Bo- then Bo-Katan could be like, I just don't want to wear a helmet. And they're like, okay, that's fine. And then she goes in the water and she sees this magic creature monster thing. And she's like, hey, I thought it was fake, but I saw it. And they're like, okay, that's cool. And nothing came of that. And then the whole episode about this doctor guy and his cloning. And then we'd never see him again. And like the Grogu is barely in it. It's just, I don't know. It just, that was kind of my issues on that. I see what you're saying. However, you're wrong. And no, uh, <laughs> no, it, I, the, a lot of those threads though started in season one. So, yeah. Um, you know, okay. I, I, I can understand pieces of this, but here, here's something that I want to bring to you, Brian, that when we okay. watch Andor, you're like, oh, this show is so slow. And then there's like this space battle like partway through. And you're like, why did it take him so long for this space battle? In episode one, we had an awesome space battle. I loved awesome that. That's true. So well shot and uh, great really cool. action. And I'm like, okay, this, this is going to be more Brian's speed this season. There is a lot more action in this than we saw in Andor. There was. And, uh, I like this guy's kind of Andor. laundry to this movie, to this show. Yes. It's Last true. time you were folding laundry yeah. when you're watching but, Andor. The main thing, was... like, that's true. I remember you saying that. Okay, but can you explain to the helmet thing why it's like such a big deal that he had to go and like be unbanished for taking off his helmet, and then she can just be like, "I don't want to wear a helmet," and they're like, "Okay, that's fine." All right. So, well, they did explain why uh, when the armorer when. <clears throat> Uh, before we get going, I absolutely loved this season. I thought it was amazing. My only beef was really with the whole Lizzo Jack Black thing, but it was like, I actually enjoyed the sleuthing aspect of that episode. We can get into it later. I just wanted to say that before I, you know, read the And I like that episode. I don't like Lizzo. I like the episode. I just didn't like the Lizzo Jack Black thing. We can get into it because I I, I have reasons. But, um, But to answer your question, Brian. Yeah. The armorer and Mando Dins, uh, their covert of Mandalorians, actually adhere to the ancient ways of Mandalore. So if you've ever played, for any of the people out there listening, have ever played Knights of the Old Republic, which was a fantastic game, those Mandalorians adhere to the ancient ways and they do not take their helmets off. So they are kind of trying to restore the um, the the ancient ways of Mandalore. And you see throughout the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, um, this diluted um, sect of Mandalorians. And they're too uh, cross-pollinated with other cultures and, and too welcoming to other cultures. 
and as a result have have um it's they believe it that it's weakened them um so it allowed them to get taken over by imperials you see that moff gideon was able to best them and play too much to the you know bo-katan's compassion towards her people all of that stuff so but in regards to bo-katan her being like okay yeah you can um I mean, she says, like, it, it, this, you, be, you taking off your helmet, we recognize that we're looked at as zealots for keeping our helmets on. But you can take your helmet off, and you can actually reach the other Mandalorians who are taking their helmets off, and they won't write you off as a kook because you have joined our ranks. So you're the bridge. You see what I'm saying? The bridge. Okay, okay. So it's, 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 like, a, it's like diplomacy. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. the other part of it too is that I, what I I pulled from it like because they they did explain it that way, but I thought the underlying thing, the unspoken thing, was a little bit of a class system with Din Djarin because he's not of the bloodline, and right. so they were looking for reasons as well. As I kind of yeah. got that from the different seasons. Yeah, Bo-Katan is a pure blood. I mean, she yep. can trace her lineage back, and not just that, but yeah. she's like royalty pure blood. Whereas right. Din Djarin's just some filthy commoner. With some popper. Un- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so they were looking yeah. for reasons to exclude him, but looking for reasons to include Bo-Katan. Cause she didn't even, she didn't even come in and ask to be made Mandalorian. She like, she happened to be bathing in the waters to save <laughs> Jin, but she didn't yeah. want to be a part of this Mandalorian coven, but they're still saying, Hey, we'll accept you because of what you did. We'll accept uh-huh. you. Yeah. You didn't then. take your helmet off. And then she's looking for a place to belong. Uh, yeah. And so then she's like, all right, I'll stick around. And then they saw that she was the real deal, especially in that one episode where she leads the rescue mission to save yeah, that one like that dude's one. Yeah. son from the dragon, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, I did like, <clears throat> I that's did like my the one comment. episode where they're like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's my comment. It's not like it's a negative, but at some point, did someone stop a screenwriter? Because he's like, um they're all hanging out by this water and then a giant thing attacks them like how uh-huh. many times does that happen in this season dude i'm telling you though man the staple of mandalorians if you go back and you read like you know uh the lore um is them fighting giant monsters all the time you know so it's how they test their metal you know which is fine okay. but then you look at it from a logic size like maybe you guys just need to move yeah hey maybe find a different planet <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is, it happens a lot you might get in a better neighborhood yeah all right yeah. what were you saying yeah. brian i i did like they they, they finally addressed something that i've been wondering like how do you eat and they're like yeah you just go somewhere and be private and then you take your helmet off and eat like, yeah no, even it's so simple but like i was wondering about that the entire first three seasons yeah. Hey, not every lore drop is going to be rich and full of gold here. It's uh-huh. just, uh, they just go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't look at each other. Yeah. I, I got to say, uh, since we're talking about Bo-Katan, that she was probably my favorite arc of this season. I really mm. enjoyed going from the, like, it forced solitary and kind of the moping that she was doing at the beginning, forced into helping and then finding a spot that she belonged and walking and stepping into a greater purpose and a greater calling. I thought I that was, was high quality. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And her leading the charge, you know, uh, at the end with the dark saber, RAP dark saber. Um, and yeah, I, th- I thought that was great. Super cool. And now uh, I got to say though, my new favorite Mandalorian is um, Axe Woves. That dude at the end who like flies up into space, gets in the shuttle, doesn't miss a beat, tells everyone to get out, flies the, sh- the ship down into the <laughs> base and flies out. He was awesome. W- was that the guy that was like the main head of that other Mandalorian sect yeah. that we saw? Okay. Yeah. And he was in second the second season um, when they introduced Bo-Katan. Um, and her like she has like two other mandalorians with her um he's one of them in that too nice love it so the the other storyline i re- <laughs> as dumb of a character arc as this is is actually i really liked r5's d4's arc why like is it dumb I, come on well i mean it's it's dumb in the fact that it's like with grogu they don't quite know what to do because he can't talk but yet you have a droid who also can't talk yet he got a really good arc 
Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I think they're needing to try and figure out. It, it was good that they gave Grogu at least like the talking. I forget the robot's name, but being able to say yes. IG no. 11. Thank you. Yeah. At least being able to give him his own mech suit. Yeah, pretty mech much. Suit. I loved it. Yeah. That thing needed some guns, though, and we called it a good. Yeah. And yeah. they. My my other complaint about this season just was the scene of watching the puppet bounce around in the action sequence with the Predator guards, who I love the design of them, and I always uh-huh. have. But uh-huh. just watching a puppet bounce around, I'm like, I loved it. Maybe dude. needed some CGI on this. I loved it, man. I loved the charm and the clunkiness. Like I love that they've fully embraced it. Yeah, um, I think they were going for Yoda, Yoda in Episode Two vibes. Yeah, except that was CGI. So you yes, know. yeah. But yeah, all the flipping and bouncing around. Um, and I think I had a similar reaction actually with the CGI Yoda. And here I am now being like, maybe they should have done CGI for the action. I'm like, oh. uh-huh. yeah, it's just like grass is greener on the other side, Matt. <laughs> it's not going to look right no matter what. He's, right. he's he's a three foot tall creature jumping yeah, around. Very tiny. Yeah. Very wee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian, what was something that you did like about this season? Was there any like big arc overall, or is it just like you didn't, you weren't caring as much, so it was hard to follow any arc? No, I I liked overall. I mean, I I did like the the um, kind of the budding like friendship or like a respect between Bo-Katan and Dinjarin. Like I liked that, and I, and like their their dual face off against Moff Gideon was really was really cool. Uh, it's just there's a lot of individual things and my thing was with star wars shows just like i think at this point they're just like and then this character gets their own show and then this character gets their own mm-hmm. show and that's just like they're even if they're done well it just seems like you know it just seems like it might be getting to be a bit much but maybe you guys don't think so i don't think so i i mean obviously like i uh i'm not it's a good show though right yeah, I mean, for me, it just depends. Um, yeah. I think that, like, I mean, with, in regards to, like, Andor, for example, everyone really, a lot of people, I would say the majority of people really, fans really liked Rogue One. So to me, it made sense for them to give, that's the only way you can give more, because, spoiler alert for those who have not seen Rogue One, but why are you listening to this if you haven't seen Rogue One? Everybody dies, and... So you can't make a mm-hmm. sequel. I mean, the sequel is a new hope. I mean, you could look at it that way, yeah. but, but in terms yeah. of those characters and seeing the formation of that sacrifice, willing to make a sacrifice like that makes sense. Um, I'm totally cool. And at first, okay, I will admit at first, after seeing the fina- the final episode of this season, I was a little bummed <clears throat> that there wasn't a big reveal of any kind at first. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I like that this kind of completed a three season arc of something. And it ended happily ever after air quotations. Cause obviously he's coming back and they're going to really open this up with Ahsoka and um, the skeleton crew show um, with Thrawn being the new big bad um, they talk about him in this this season, second to last episode, I think. Yep. Um, so to me, um, the more I sat with it, the more I was like, no, it's good. Like it, 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 it's right the way it is, you know, because obviously in the first season, they had that big reveal of Moff Gideon has the Darksaber and you're like, what? And then the end of season two, you had Luke Skywalker, you know, show up. Um, so, I mean... In regards to that, I think that's what initially I just had begun to expect that and realize like, oh, you know, like it's okay that there wasn't a big, it was more about the Mandalorians taking Mandalore back. And so I, the more I thought about it, mm-hmm. more sat on it, let digested it. I was like, nah, I, I loved it. It reminded me of like things I would have imagined playing with my action figures as a kid. Um, yeah. So loved it. Yeah, it's a good show, and I, I'm not trying to say it's not. Just sometimes, as it's because of, because I know that I'm not as into it as you guys. Sometimes it's fun to lean into it and be like the villain of the podcast. So uh, that's kind of what be I'm troll. Into just be fun. a troll. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How bit, dare you, sir? Awesome. But I can't. I mean, like, if I if I legitimately hated it, I would tell you. But like, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there. It was interesting. It did hold my attention. It's just like I might not have watched it so quickly if it weren't for the podcast to be honest sure. I've, I've been watching through the goldbergs and 
So I've been watching that instead. By the way, yeah. Matt, we're doing a Goldberg's episode eventually. Great. I loved Goldberg's. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting, though, about this season, and I'm kind of finding out this information, is originally they were going to do a show called Rangers of the New Republic, <clears throat> and it was going to star Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune. Um, and obviously... She got canceled by Disney. And recently it's interesting because John Favreau has come out talking about how displeased he was with how she was treated and all that stuff. Like, good job, John Favreau. But um, um the uh from what I gather, because there it was a weird like in with Book of Boba Fett, there was those two episodes with Mando, actually technically three if you count the last episode as well. And it they felt really out of place yeah. for the show. Um, and then there was like the story of uh, the story thread of Carson Teva, who's that, um, that Asian pilot who's like flying around and trying to get Mando to help him fight the pirates and stuff. Great character. Love him. Um, Me too. and yeah. I, uh, f- from what I gather, all of those story threads between book of Boba Fett and then that story thread, they had to kind of tie things back into season three. And they had to like spread out season three. So like resolve the whole Luke thing, um, which I thought was weird because pe- not everybody watched Book of Boba Fett. And so like even like yeah. people that I know that are more casual fans, yeah. I was like, don't watch Mandalorian three. Watch these three episodes first, then go and watch it because you're going to be really confused yeah. that he goes out with Skywalker that. and then all of a sudden <laughs> he's back with with Din, you know, yeah. so. It's, yes. It was like Mandalorian 2.5. Yeah. 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 It was. yeah. And I mean, there were great episodes, but I, I was talking to my wife and I was saying, these feel like Mandalorian season three episodes one and two. Like that's what it yep. felt like. Um, mm-hmm. Great. And, episodes, and I think but... if they would have included those, I think the pacing would have felt off if that instead it would have somehow made its way to from book of Boba Fett into Mandalorian. Um, I think that yeah. the, t- the eight episodes that they had, I think the pacing was just right on and, and worked really well. Well, um, but if you had, it, I, I think actually if you had, if they were still doing Rangers of the new Republic, I don't think the pacing would have been, I think this, this ep- for some people, this was like an eight out of 10, seven out of 10. I think it would have pushed it up a lot higher if they could have charted those episodes and sure. you could have seen the full, the full progression of them being apart and then being reunited and all that stuff. But you'd have to tell it in a different way, obviously, because the whole book of Boba Fett conflict on you know Tatooine, that was kind of part of their reu- you know reunion. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. I I think the hardcore fans are probably going to be watching Boba Fett anyways. They're probably, probably what they're counting on. Yeah. 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 See, and I actually, I do like though, like these Star Wars stories that, because you, I think Brian, you didn't like this, but I liked it. The example of the episode with Dr. Pershing, I, where they kind of take this detour from the action. And I don't think the payoff afterwards was as good as that specific episode. But yeah. in the episode, I really enjoyed taking a moment, seeing how the world yeah. is. Yeah. And, Cause no, that's really what it was is a world building for star Wars. And yeah. that was very like interesting that. to me. I like that part too. It's like you said, they should have paid it off. And he just kept talking about clones. I thought somehow that was going to uh, pay off and, and kind of explain more about like a uh, Palpatine cloning himself and coming back. Yeah, well, it, I mean, that's 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 basically what they're leading to. Um, but I I would agree with you. I did enjoy that episode. I think I feel slightly different about it now, having seen the whole season. Because yeah. when it came out, I was like, well, the, it, it, there's clearly going to be a payoff, you know, like taking a detour <laughs> like that. And there yep. wasn't, you no. know, I mean, I other than Moff Gideon um, tying up loose ends, you know, um, but uh, it felt a little bit like an Andor episode, you know, because Dr. Pershing is just kind of like living life, you know, yes. and he's like working in that like, uh, you know, cubicle thing. And I nerd out over all the little like tech analog tech that they like Andor was filled with it. Uh, this that episode was filled with it. I just nerd out over it. I love you know, all the, the analog tech in star Wars, but yeah, I, I think I enjoyed the episode. I would watch it again, you know, but 
it definitely was like, it feel, I feel a little bit different about it now that I realized there wasn't really a payoff that we can see in this season. Now, how it plays into the larger Thrawn thing, I guess we'll have to wait and see. You know, I don't know that it will. It seems like yeah. a weird thing to like, oh, hey, remember Dr. Pershing? You know, like, it's just, you know. They, <laughs> they like the thing. They like the twist of the, oh, she's actually evil and look at what she's she's on the inside. And then you have like her come back up once or twice in the series. But they're still in these minor little sabotage roles. And it's like, no, make her make her a second in command under Gideon. Make her a little bit bigger. Give her yeah. give her more agency instead of just, a, hey, uh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So right, do real you... quick. Oh, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to I was going to navigate us into something else because eventually I want to talk about the cameos because there are a good amount of cameos this season, including some that you might not even not you guys, but our viewers might not even realize were cameos. Um, I probably didn't either. (laughs) Yeah. So real quick, I just wanted to highlight what is what would you say was your favorite episode of this season? Because there was there's to me some very notable moments or episodes that were even kind of you could pull out and let it just be its own thing like with Gideon Shard and yeah that whole thing you know uh for me it was the episode the pirate I loved that episode from start to finish I think I watched that one three times it like in a, not not quite in a row but within like a like the, the first day it came out we watched it twice and I think I watched it once more um I love space battles ship battles like dog fighting like love it so the whole aerial fight with mando and bo-katan while all the mandos were dropping down below and like you know knowing what the gauntlet fighters that she has it's meant to drop troops when they dropped when like there's that shot of like the the camera like follows them down i was like (laughs) when it happened i was like what like <laughs> I was very into the episode and then like the whole like um the 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 episode opens with uh that rebel uh base uh, it's like a spaceport and then they cameoed a very beloved character from Rebels Zeb Aurelios the big dude he's like C- the CGI he looks like kind of like a cat person um Oh man, I was I was a happy nerd on that episode. That description is now evading my memory. I I don't know why I'm not like picturing it in my mind. He's like purple, uh, like he's got stripes. So Carson Teva's there, and he picks up a phone call, and, and Grief Karga is like Carl Weathers' character is like, "Hey, we need help," and he's like, "Well, you're outside yeah. of the jurisdiction." And then uh, he ultimately decides to go. And there's this big dude that walks up behind him. And he's like, you seriously going to go? He's like, good luck. You're going to need it. You know? And uh, yeah, that was, I was very happy. That's a cameo. I did not realize it was a cameo. Oh, so. dude. It was a go. cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, Brian, what was your favorite episode? Uh, it might sound basic, but I like the finale. Like the, the battle of when, uh, when it all came came through and how it all came together. Especially like I like that uh, the end battle with with Moff Gideon because it's, it's what everyone was waiting for at the end because he for a while was like that was like the cockroach that could they could never get rid of. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like as much as I like the finale. It's not that I disliked it, but to me, I I just felt like I enjoyed the journey rather than the the culmination. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe my favorite might have been the the Jack Black and Christopher Lloyd episode. Really. I liked it a lot because I I don't know I'm not a noir guy but I definitely liked the little bit of the detective Yeah tin, no I think that and, was I loved that element of that episode for me it I was thought, like yeah Oh uh, go ahead keep going No I, was, I don't want to you describe why you loved the episode first cuz I would interrupted you and then I'll talk about it the, uh, I think the thing that really solidified it, apart from the, I mean, you're, you're watching it and all of a sudden I, I knew that Christopher Lloyd was in this season, mm-hmm. but I didn't know Jack Black was going to be. And, I'm, and I didn't yeah. recognize Lizzo at first and I only found that out later. But I'm like, is this Jack Black in Star Wars? Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. And then they get to yeah. the, the droid bar. And the droid bartender and his little speech about like how they don't want to be shut down. They just are looking for life. Like they just want to be let, uh, let to live. 
and have a purpose. And I'm like, that's a really good perspective because we, the droids are undersold and yet they're also so important to the overall story of really any of the star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah. So in regards to the whole like Lizzo, Jack black thing, I didn't realize it was Lizzo until Jeff said it's Lizzo. Yeah. So (laughs) I actually didn't like, I, I, I knew that Lizzo was, there are certain stigmas about her that people talk about. I don't, I could, I would not have been able to point her out in a crowd though. Uh, what I mean is there's people that talk about her weight and things like that. So I just knew that she was a larger girl, uh, but I didn't, I, I would never be able to point her out. So for me, uh, all I was saying was, wow, this girl cannot act. <laughs> and it was distracting. And I felt yeah. like Jack Black was carrying that whole, like, any scenes they had together, oh. I felt like he was carrying them. Now, Absolutely. I would have preferred Jack Black, Lauren and I were just talking about this today. I would have preferred Jack Black to have played not Jack Black, a la um, uh, the character Carl Denham he plays in King Kong, where he's, uh, you know, he's playing a different character. Um, it would have been nice to see that, but um, yeah. I have a massive soft spot for Jack Black. So I, his too. whole Jack Black shtick didn't really bother me as much. I think that they're kind of trying to do like a contrasty kind of thing. It, the, the That episode felt like it needed to be in the middle of the season, though. That's the only thing I will say. It sure. felt a little like it felt a little, you know, you know that the Mandalore taking Mandalore back is happening. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I just felt like it would have been nice to have just carried jumped right into that. Cause that's what, that's what, that's what people are here to see, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the whole detective thing, all of that, the slightly cyberpunk feel of like the lower levels Ooh. when they're like going around all the, like loved all of that. Loved seeing yes. all the old battle droids, all of that. Loved it. Um, so I would say 80% mm-hmm. of the episode I really did like, it was the Lizzo stuff that for me just, uh, it, it just felt like a a weird thing to put in Star Wars because I wouldn't look at Lizzo and be like, the fans are gonna love this, you know. <laughs> I, lo- I I thought the season was great. I just like to me, it's like I think one of the reasons why I love the Mandalorian is because it's like, uh, it hits all the the right notes for me of like, you know, I loved Boba Fett as a kid, still do, but um just imagining stuff and playing with my action figures with my buddies and, and um, just imagining different things. And we'd always swap stories of like different things we've read about that Boba Fett could do or other people, you know, and it was like swap stories in the playground and all these epic grandiose things. It just, um, I think they really knocked it out of the park, especially with that season finale of just that's the, just the scale of like seeing all those Mando's, flying towards all of those like oh, jet yeah. troopers and you know mm-hmm. the armor's got her big old hammer and tongs out and bo brandishing the dark saber and it's just this like oh it was great yeah i loved it we and we we've mentioned like some of those cameos and we t- like we haven't talked about nearly as much about christopher lloyd even though like he's old now and it's you know he still has yeah. his acting there but it's like you can tell he yeah just, it shows yeah yeah um so like i, I would love to talk I about like more, that he but i guess i don't have a lot to count Dooku. yeah that was cool i liked that uh yeah i did like too i liked his whole motivation like still being a separatist and like yeah. you can call it empire you can call it new republic whatever i am <laughs> i'm just i feel like i'm on the right side and i've always been on the right side yeah. and i'm too old to change that now yeah 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 that was mm-hmm. really interesting yeah i i liked that so, Brian, here's a cameo you did recognize, I'm sure, is uh, having Tim Meadows on there from SNL fame as uh, <laughs> yeah. the the guy in Coruscant that uh, – what, what was his name, the the pilot that he was Car- reporting Carson to? Carson Teva. Yeah. Carson Teva. So, so yeah. with, with him, okay, I was – okay, I'll admit, I was paying attention, but I was I was loading my dishwasher, and I was like, is that Tim Meadows? And I went and I, I, I rewound man. it back. I'm like, Tim <laughs> Tim Meadows is in this, you know? I recognize the voice before I, oh, before, yeah. I before anything else. 
Yeah, and sure, he yeah. plays a character, but when they introduce him, they introduce him in the most Tim Meadows way as possible with the droid. Like, all right, don't just put that anywhere. And the droid just drops it and he gives it like the Tim Meadows upset look. Uh-huh. Like, that Eesh. is very Tim Meadows yeah. humor. Yeah. I think Star Wars has gotten to the point where they, they can pretty much get any big name cameos. And you're like, wait, that person did it? Like, you know, like uh-huh. uh, with Obi Wan, that Zach Braff is in this? Like, it's, 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 oh, weird. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I I always like uh, cameos that are more um, not quite on the nose. So like the Zach Braff voice and then um, in The Force Awakens, the stormtrooper that gets mind controlled by Rey is Daniel Craig, you know, like in the actual armor. I just that's the kind of cameo I love where you're like, is that what I think it is? Yeah. Or Simon Pegg in the same movie as the the Junker at the beginning. Oh, of yeah. Ray. Unker Plutt. Yeah. That, thank you. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Love it. Yeah. Also, here's a question. Was Pedro Pascal ever actually there? Because he didn't have to be ever. No. So what I what he basically said in the first season, I was listening to an interview with him a couple of weeks back. Yeah. He said in the first season, yes, he was in it the majority of the time, except for that big action sequences. Then in the second season, it was like 50-50. They were trying to figure out what, you know, what they could get away with. And and then by this season, um, it was the two stunt performers doing, I think, all of it, if I'm not mistaken, which is a I good w- gig for him. I wonder him, if that's because he was, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder if he was filming Last of Us at the same time. Like, is was, that possibly yeah. it? Yeah, I think, okay. I think that, yeah. So I would I would imagine they'll do something a little different uh for the next season maybe i don't know is there another season or is this it or is this no 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 there's going to be an actual another one um okay but i think it's gonna i think it, it as was the case with mando season one through three he was roping other people into his whatever and i think it's going to be the reverse because ahsoka is really going to kick off the new era of this quote-unquote mandoverse um of all these interconnected stories and i think that storyline is going to be the main storyline now and that they're going to rope mando back in um to the the larger arc of um i'm so excited guys oh my yeah. gosh I, you have no idea how excited i am for the soka series like so excited <laughs> See, and I really like this time frame in the Star Wars universe because you have the First Order pop up, but yet, the, like, they're the big heavy, but yet the New Republic is still, like, the Republic, yet they're mm. rebels in a way. So it's like, how does this yeah. dynamic happen? I, I would love to see that explored of how the First Order became so big while not actually being in control, but they're very much in control. Right. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, um, and it's, we kind of have to be doing these stories because we can't get too close to the original trilogy. Because I mean, they could, they yeah, they brought in Mark Hamill, but it takes a lot of CGI to make him look forty years younger. And Carrie Fisher's gone, and Harrison Ford doesn't care about Star Wars anymore. So it's like you can't really get close to those original guys anymore. Well, yeah. I think that they honestly, I think because they're going to do a big a big movie to kind of culminate all of this once this is all done. I. I think that that's what when they, that's when they will bring in the original trilogy people back into the fold, um, of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia. How they do that, man, I have no idea. But that that's my guess. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. gonna do like, you know, basically the episode seven, eight, nine that people really wanted, uh, that's how you would do it. That's so. that's nerve wracking. Are they going like, to like a uh, like a human being looking at technology? Because once you open that door, where it's like, oh, um, we are bringing back Carrie Fisher because we've got her essence here. It's like, well, now you can do anything. You can have a movie starring Clark Gable and The Rock. You you know, like right. <laughs> you can do whatever you want once that floodgate is open. And that's why the uh, Screen Actors Guild is on strike right now. So uh, among other reasons, but yeah. Yeah. So what were you going to say, Brian? Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? I was, I was no, just like about, um, okay. I was, I was gonna try and jog your memory, but you're oh gonna... yeah. Okay. 
Oh yeah, like uh, is um, I've heard rumors that they're gonna try to just redo seven, eight, nine, and pretend they didn't happen. No, dude, it, that's not happening. You dude, can that retcon. would mess up the timeline of all these things. Yeah, you can retcon, but you can't put the pieces back in the box. Right. Yeah. So I I think yeah. everything. It, I mean, it's really just gonna be a case of what happened with the prequels. The prequels were met. What I never had an issue with the prequels. I could see the flaws, but I just I just really enjoy Star Wars. I love that just that whole genre i call it a genre uh so but i got why people didn't like them um but then the clone wars came out Mm -hmm. and really helped flesh out stuff that the prequel trilogy failed to do um and as a result the fruit that was yielded from that is that it really helped to support and lift up and fill in the gaps of the prequels and i honestly think the same thing is going to happen with the sequels i mean obviously there are more grievous errors in those movies but i think that's just what's going to happen um just given enough time you know i think that people will warm to them just like they did the prequels yeah i mean look at look at the hate of the prequels followed by the excitement people had for hayden christensen being announced to come back as vader yep and it's exactly. it's the like remember you loved this this was nostalgia like disney being yeah. like yeah remember remember this you remember this this was good you like this remember remember and like no i didn't like it no you did no i'm pretty Don't sure remember you remember how much you loved it yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a second here brag about okay i actually got to be in the star wars nerd group of people this past, last weekend Woo, go so Brian. I at, uh, yeah i was at my girlfriend's big family reading to do every year and one of her cousins and her husband, they bought their kids like the, the super like $160 each lightsabers that like have the sound effects and all that kind of stuff. And like their kids were playing with them and all that. And somebody said like, I forget what name they said. They said the wrong name. Like, oh yeah, what if, what was the guy, the robot thing had had four of them. And he said, I forget what he said the wrong name. I'm like, oh, you mean General Grievous. And like, oh yeah, that's what I mean. Like I got to be the one who nice. knew the name in that group of people. Nice. It yeah. feels good. It that. feels good. Uh-huh. Don't get drunk with yeah. power, but it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I lightsaber. kids, I can spell Kashyyyk. Yeah. I don't even have to look it up. Yeah. Well, then I took the uh, the, the lightsaber and I, I beheaded everybody. Yeah. The there we go. <laughs> that that'll show them. Easy there, Anakin. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I, I don't know why I was thinking about that the other night, but like just thinking about. Oh, that's what I was thinking about. Like, I want to see um, a fan d- dub of like, you know, how George Lucas always goes back to those uh, originals. Like, I'm going to tweak it still. And so he added Hayden Christensen <laughs> as the force ghost at the end of Return of the uh-huh. Jedi. And yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to see like him pop up as a force ghost. And then the camera pans the side and there's all the force kids that he brutally murdered just standing there like really oh, this guy gets to be here with us that's dark i just want them all to like just be standing there like ready to pounce yeah I, I saw a meme once when it was that and it was old obi-wan looking over saying how did you figure out how to be young as a ghost yeah tell me your secret yeah oh speaking it's a secret of jedi i wouldn't tell you speaking of the prequels in the episode called the foundling Grogu has a flashback of Order 66 in the Jedi Order, and we finally find out who saves him from the Jedi Order, and it is none other than Jar Jar Binks actor Ahmed Best. And I, man, if anybody knows, I'll briefly just explain what happened to that guy. Like, he got, uh, got ridiculed so much because of that movie. Uh, playing Jar Jar that went into a massive depression and was suicidal and was on the verge of, he got onto the, uh, the bridge, a uh, Brooklyn bridge, I think. And he was going to jump off and just commit suicide. And then a gust of wind came and he caught, oh, wow. he caught himself. He grabbed and, and he realized in that moment, I still want to live, but man, I got so teary eyed when I saw him, like they gave him such yeah. a good role. Um, yeah. And uh, just the significance of that and the redemption, like between him and Hayden Christensen um, in the Star Wars fandom, like I just was. Um, Wasn't it Jake Lloyd also got got bullied? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we he gave up acting completely. Yeah. Because we got to see him come back, man. That's what we got to see. Yeah. 
Yeah. Apart, I'm sure, like knowing how they they retconned that and and did, reached out to Ahmed Best, that I'm sure that they have to Jake Lloyd too. I yeah. would not be surprised, or I would be surprised if they hadn't. Yeah. And I would just imagine that Jake yeah. Lloyd, you know, when you're a kid, it's different as an adult. But even then, like it drove an adult to want to kill himself. Oh, imagine man. what it does to some poor yeah. kid. So yes, and like all of his classmates, because like that's what he talked about too. Yeah. All of his classmates, they just bring oh, up the lines horrible. from the movie. Yeah, and so yeah, anybody, if you uh have a couple of minutes, I would go into YouTube and just look up Ahmed Best, uh, suicide story, and like he's he tells it, and it's just like oh man, it yeah. it it's totally like, yeah, it's really good. So. And I know that our fans aren't that way, but you know, in case anyone's listening, don't be that kind of fan. Don't don't be the kind of football fan that if a player gets injured, you're like, I'm gonna send you death threats for some reason because my fantasy team's failing. Like, don't don't be that. That doesn't help anyone. Yeah, no, just it doesn't. Be a, you know, you don't think, own them. And I think that's why, like, with um, with uh, you know, like any of the actors that people don't like in star wars whether it was um oh man what's her name i can't remember who plays rose tico in the last jedi and um others like be kind man like they're they're literally hired like do you know how much of a dream it was for these people to be in star wars regardless of who they play and then people just so mean man and i'm like look i didn't care for reva's character i i thought she was pointless in obi-wan kenobi um i felt like it should have been more centered on obi-wan and vader and that's it um but uh, and a lot of people feel that way however to go and like treat her with disrespect because she was hired Mm -hmm. to do a job like it's just like and they took it to a racial point too yeah and just so for me it's like just insane i'm like as if there's no black people in Star Wars, there are, and actually, as a matter of fact, there's some of people's favorite characters, you know. So yeah, I like just don't. Lando Calrissian, he's been black people for forty. Oh, years. Come on, man, Captain Smooth, yeah, absolutely. So, um, was Lando the first one? I don't think there was any in the original. Yeah, I think he was right? the first like major character that was. Yeah. So I mean, if you don't count James Earl Jones as Vader, that's true. Yeah, technically. Yeah, but um, but hey, you know, like you Michael Caine, thirty forty years ago, made Jaws four and went on record saying, like, I've never even seen the film and I've heard it's terrible, but I've seen the house that that film built and it's lovely. Like he did it just for the money, guys, and no one was like, hey, Michael Caine, you ruined my favorite franchise. Like, come on, we don't need <laughs> people do this for money. That's their job, right. and they don't always have control yeah. over what they say in the movie or their lines or how they're even supposed to act it they just they do what Mm -hmm. they're told and they try and make art and they try and make Uh it as good as they can yeah so my question really quick do you guys think that moff gideon is really dead um he's dead unless they unless they unless they need him to come back for money reasons what a cop-out answer brian (laughs) commit true I... Okay. Yes, I'll, I'll say he's dead, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back. Yeah, because he's cloned. Like, like oh, yeah, he's all those clones. clones, and like he's had multiple cloning facilities. So, to assume that those are the only clones, I'm just like, I think if he comes back, he will be a clone. Um, yeah. unless that was somehow a cl- a really good clone of Moff Gideon, and he is really a cockroach that won't die. Uh. Uh, but yeah, I'm really curious to see what they do with that. Um, uh, I mean, this is the same universe where somehow Palpatine returned. So, yeah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, and completely unrelated, you know, uh, for some reason, I'm just uh, recommending if you haven't seen it, go watch The Prestige. I don't know why I'm saying that, but that just go really watch the movie. movie. Though it's so good, it's top notch. Yeah. yeah, so All maybe right. we'll get something like that with Moff Gideon. But because I honestly really do love the idea of Thrawn, a Thrawn Moff Gideon tension. I think that would be really interesting. Thrawn oh, yeah. is like scary smart. And uh, I'm really excited to see him in Ahsoka. That's going to be so good. I'm excited too. So be awesome. good. if you guys have not um, watched Rebels, if people listening have not watched Rebels, I strongly recommend you do it because it actually is really good.
and that'll fill you in on the backstory because Dave Filoni has actually very affectionately called Ahsoka Rebels season five. So um, you can watch Rebels one through four. It's actually got some really good Star Wars storytelling in it. So there we go. Well, there you go. Nice. There's unofficial plug, hashtag not sponsored. Um, but let's go ahead and get into trivia real quick, and then we'll, we'll say goodbye to our good buddy and say goodbye to all of you. So uh, last week we had actually two trivia questions. So we talked about TV shows from the 1970s, and so one of them was uh, Happy Days, and uh, showrunner was uh, Gary Marshall. And so his sister, uh, Penny Martin, no, his daughter, Anyway, someone who's related to him, uh, Penny Marshall, was the first woman director who directed a blockbuster movie that made over $100 million. And what was that movie directed by Penny Marshall? Jeff, do you know? Oh, my gosh. No. It was big with Tom Hanks. That's a great movie. It is a good movie. It's a, a little creepy now. Like some of the oh, stuff yeah. they included. Yeah. Fair point. Ends up being that way. But like the the childlikeness of tom hanks that was good yes i concur and brian had a question as well so we did a double whammy last week brian what was your trivia question my trivia question was we talked about the brady Bunch variety hour and how there was one member of the cast who did not come back for that and who didn't and that was eve plum who played jan brady decided not to return for the variety hour so did tiger the dog Actually, I might have made that joke when you asked that question last week. There's there's a good chance. All right. This week's trivia, Jeff, you got it. Take it yes, away. I do. And I'm going to do this very quickly because we're running out of time. Uh, what is the name of the big Mandalorian who goes out in a blaze of glory at the end of episode seven, The Spies? So if anybody remembers, the big guy, he's got blue armor, goes out in a blaze of glory, just lays waste. Uh, what is his name? And then a bonus question. What other famous Mandalorian is he descended from? Hmm. Awesome beast-like character. Gave me Halo Reach vibes. Big time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But uh, all right. So there, there's that. And uh, his name is not Lizzo. So if that was your question, Definitely if that was your not Lizzo. answer, that's not it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, Jeff, thank you so much. Six times, and yeah. that's still not enough. I look forward to our We're next We're going to do Ahsoka next. That's what's coming. We're doing it. Yep. Boom, baby. All right. Well, until Ahsoka comes out, I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And I'm Jeff. And we're reminding you to stay tuned and keep watching. <laughs>